0: to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey, everybody. It's Jodi Katz, your host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This week's episode features Deborah Lipman. She is a celebrity manicurist and the founder of Deborah Lipman. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Sasha Plavczyk. She is the founder of Ilya Beauty. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be sitting across from Deborah Lippman. She is the founder of Deborah Lippman and also a celebrity manicurist. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited this is happening. Um, we've been trying to get you here for, I don't know, years, I think, at this point, <laughs> and you're a very busy lady. It's just, yeah. i so lucky to be busy. It is amazing to be busy. Um, so I'd like to start with my favorite question, which is totally about the the mundane of our day. How will you spend your day today?
1: Uh, Today, I will leave here, go directly to the airport, fly to LA to do a shoot tomorrow and fly back tomorrow night to New York.
0: (laughs) And is that a typical day and a half?
1: And then I'll leave again on Friday for something else and then come back on Sunday and then get on a plane on Monday to go to Home Shopping Network. (laughs) So, yeah. So I live on a plane.
0: So even though you're running this business, your schedule is almost kind of like what being a freelance manicurist was like, yes. right? Yeah. Like sort of waiting for that next sort of call. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And it's, um, you know, you never know. I know I'm working in L.A. tomorrow. I don't know where. But hopefully I'll find out by the time I arrive. Oh, interesting. Arrive.
0: <laughs> so you, you live two lives, right? You have the manicurist life of mm-hmm. being on set. Mm-hmm. And then you have the CEO life of running a business. Yes. Uh, well, my husband really runs the business now. Because mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point
1: where he, uh, we need somebody in the office all the time. And um, I'm out doing all the freelance stuff and all the creative. So I don't have to be in the office all the time. But he has to make sure that everything keeps flowing. That's amazing. Especially in these times.
0: I sort of fantasize about my husband joining my business. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about that. <laughs> So, but my husband, like, he would only be, like, IT. Like, there's not really enough room to do here. Yeah,
1: that's that's what you think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How many years ago did your husband actively work in the business?
1: Um, he, we launched in 1999, my brother, Mark Lipman, um, who is not to be confused with my husband, Jude Severin. Poor Mark always gets confused for oh, because it's your maiden name. Yes. <laughs> so, um, we, uh, Mark and I started working together. We launched the brand in 99. And by the time we had actually, before we had even launched, my husband jumped in and said, I've got to, I've got to help you guys. You can't, you know, do it on your own. And so, Initially we each, we we all we've all worn like a million hats like what do you do in the business well what hour is it because there's you know when you're a small brand when you're a niche brand you have to wear a lot of hats so there's been a lot of learning
0: curves um but it's a family affair. That's so fun. Well um Mine's a family fair because I have my kids come and like help stock shelves and stuff every once in a while. <laughs> awesome. And we moved the summer, so they fill the boxes and taped up boxes. Oh my gosh.
1: It's so cute in here. It's Thank really, you. Really, really, really
0: cute. We're really proud. I love it. Okay, so let's go back in time. Um, I want to know about nails. Like why why nails?
1: Why nails? Why nails? That's such a good question. Um I, I am um a former nail biter. So as a kid, I bit my nails, and when I went to see my—I uh, remember going to see my pediatrician when I was young, and my mom was really struggling with the fact that I bit my nails, and so she asked him to talk to me about it, I'm sure. And he told me that my hands—your hands are your greeters. People look into your eyes, and then they look at your hand as you reach across the table to meet hands and shake hands, and you—it's a like— Uh, psychological things. that goes into the back of your brain, and it tells you something about somebody's uh, appearance or how they think about themselves. And there are so many germs if you bite your nails. And right now, um, (laughs) in particular, we don't want to be open to any germs. So so that was sort of the beginning of it. I had a really hard time breaking the habit. It's a very, very difficult um, habit to break. And um, I'm also a singer— so I went to college to become a musician and have a degree in music, and when I finished college, I just was sort of doing doing singing gigs, but it wasn't enough, and I couldn't wait tables like, at all. I I tried, but I threw pasta with red sauce on a woman wearing white suit with oh, blonde no. hair. So that night after I was fired... Um, I had to look at my life and go, what else what else do I love? What else can I do? Was it like a side a side hustle? And I went to cosmetology school and did manicuring because um, I well, for one thing, um, hang on, let me think of the best way to say this. So I went to cosmetology school prior to going to cosmetology school. I had never done my nails um, uh, when I was singing in my first professional job. I was wearing like fancy costumes, it was part of a show, and I picked up the microphone at dress rehearsal with my nubby nails, and the director was like, whoa. And the next day, he took me to have a full set of artificial nails put on. And that is um, actually what helped helped me stop biting my nails. So by the time I went to manicure school, which was after that, um, I had never... I had pretty nails, and it had changed my life. Like, when putting nails on made me use my hands differently, and depending on what color I had on, I would be edgy, or I guess I wasn't edgy in that in those days, but, you know. <laughs> um, I would be—it changed my mood or how mm-hmm. I would use uh, my hands or how I would feel about myself. It brought me strength or power, different colors that I would wear. So, um, So then when I sit down to do a manicure in manicuring school, I had literally never— done a nail, like ever. So it was like really starting from scratch. And it seemed like when I was in, um, when I was in school, you know, standing up on my feet all day and then going to sing at a gig for four hours a night. And I thought during this whole process, one of my friends who's a manicurist who actually kind of talked me into going to, um, cosmetology school uh he said you know what stick with the manicuring you can stand up on your heels all night and then sit down during the day
0: right instead of being behind a chair yeah right yeah
1: so um what I and then what I found that I really really loved in manicuring was holding hands with people with what like you know oh, we are now like mm-hmm. sitting across the table and um my energy going to you your energy going to me and being able to um you know I always watch how my clients are breathing when mm-hmm. I'm working with them and I try to bring them to a you know a better place feeling feeling better feeling relaxed especially since I work on set or um, award shows or uh, things where they're there's a lot of pressure.
0: Right. So um, the advice of the doctor when he said, like, your hands speak for you, mm-hmm. as a young kid, did that resonate at all?
1: It has stuck with me, like, one of the most important things I've ever, ever heard. Um, it's a shame that I didn't listen to him earlier. I mean, I think I tried, but again, it is a, it's, it's. I, you know, I totally get my customer because... Biting your nails, biting your cuticles, um, is very, very, very common. And so, part of what I, what I did with that, with all those years of like thinking about what he told me, and then going to school, and then becoming a manicurist, and working, and then moving to New York, and working for years and years and years with with women all day long, um, I it would just always stick in my head that this was such an important thing about a woman's. Uh, a woman and a man how they feel about themselves. I know that whenever I meet anybody now, they um 9 times out of 10 you know, if they if I meet somebody on a plane this afternoon and I were to say I'm a singer and they would um they would you know have a conversation and if I say I'm a manicurist, they will hide their hands immediately. Really? Hide their hands immediately, depending on how they feel, but it's like 9 times out of 10. It's um you know, I think we're we're so um, our hands are in front of our own face all the time. Right, so even though right. they're there all the time, it still is that last-minute detail that we don't always do. Um,
0: so deep down inside, these strangers that you meet, all of us, I guess, um, we know that our hands are speaking about us. They're they're the tell, even mm-hmm. if we're not um, considering that every day of our lives, mm-hmm. right? Deep down inside, because why else would they hide it, right? Right. Um, that, it's so fascinating that there's... Um, there's so much power in these digits, right? Right. Well said. Oh, I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's power. There's so much power in the digits. I mean, I guarantee you, when I get on the plane this afternoon and they make the announcement to turn your cell phones off, the first thing I see people around me do is start picking at their nails every time I'm on oh, an airplane. Like,
0: I do that. You know what I do? I like rub one nail against the other one to feel that, um, like the highs and lows. Oh, that's nice. Like, um, you know, depending upon how I file them, they get strange shapes. Yes and I like yes. find myself doing that. Yes.
1: So the th- the thing is our teeth are not sharp enough to um Fix our nails if they're crooked or bite <laughs> off our cuticle if they're crooked. They're just not sharp enough. It's and just neither, a mess. N- yes, just so it's um, better to get a nail file, put a nail file everywhere in your house um, or in your office somewhere that's really accessible and like try to change that habit. That's the first thing um, any kind of a person with any kind of nail or picking disorder, not disorder, but you know, habit. Habit. Thank you.
0: So, um, you know, we're, we're speaking so much about nails, but I want to hear about the singing, because I'm wondering, when you were in cosmo- cosmo- cosmetology school, um, considering what career can I have that would enable me to sing at night, was your goal really to focus on performing? Oh,
1: yes, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. I have uh, records on iTunes. I still continue to sing, and I, um, I'm i actually getting ready to sing on an album, Uh next week of uh, John Minnick, a uh, friend of mine that I sing with occasionally, great jazz singer. So um, I still keep that that part of my heart alive. All the names of my products are song titles, so it's all related, um, interrelated. And because of uh, my customers, my great, 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 um, wonderful People who support the brand, they are all supportive of my singing as well. And I now have three albums on iTunes.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. Yeah. So um, at the point when you were getting your license, were you like, okay— being a manicurist is is paying the rent so that I can keep singing and going on auditions and things like that. Yes. How many years of that life were you living before you decided? You know what? My number one is is nails. Yes.
1: Um, I moved to New York in the early '90s to pursue music. I'd been doing nails since the early '80s, so I'd been manicuring in different salons and I'd managed salons and I'd, um, you know, had been hearing women talk about nail care so much, and I had so many things in my head that was like, people don't understand. Like women, this is just such a like I kept hearing this resounding noise in my head of like what a lack there was of knowledge about nail care. And um, I moved to New York in the early 90s and was uh, working in a super, super fancy salon with fancy, fancy women who then continued that whole thing about, they didn't understand, they would ask me to put a product with formaldehyde right on their nails and then, asked me if the polish that we used in the salon was formaldehyde-free. And oh. I was like, I mean, over and over and over again from like Fortune 500 CEOs. So I'd be like, okay, there's... So my brain started like splitting and going, oh my gosh, like there's a, there's a white space here. Not that it was something that I looked to do. And it was really, it was actually a huge emotional struggle with me um, to actually start the brand. And I met Bobby Brown um, in the salon when her brand was so new, it was only in Bergdorf and she had a manicure with me and she went to Allure magazine and told them that there was a new manicurist in town and they had to come and check me out. And they came in undercover and put me, like my picture in a magazine afterwards. And it was like, I was like, what is happening? And then celebrities started coming in and, um, One thing led to another and I was like um, called to do photo shoots, which I had no idea about. What is an editorial manicurist? What do you do when you go to a photo shoot? What do you need to bring with you? Um, And then uh, I started really thinking about when I was doing editorial was when I really realized I need to... um, uh, (laughs) When I started doing editorial and had to bring all of the products with me, I started realizing, you know... Let me back up. Hold on. When I was working in the salon, I was in Bergdorf Goodman, which is a real, a very high-end uh, store, and I would try to educate my customers um, while they were in the salon with me, but then they would go downstairs and not be able to buy anything mm. on the floor because there were no nail brands at that time. There was zero... You couldn't buy a polish remover in uh, a luxury space. They It just didn't exist. There was Dior Cuticle Cream, which was... Um, amazing. Um, But there weren't any things. You couldn't buy a nail file. You couldn't buy a buffer. You couldn't buy a cuticle remover or a polish remover or so many of the things. And so it just, Bobby started saying to me, you should really do a brand. And then I was also doing editorial at that point with Laura Mercier, who also was like, "You, you should make a brand. You should create a brand. You have like everything that you bring with you and you're creating things on set. And I was like fighting because I'm like, ah, I'm a singer. I'm a singer. And this is my, you know, uh, this is my side job. So it was uh, when we launched the brand so much so that when I struggled so much so that when we launched the brand, we called it Lippman Collection because I wanted to save my name, Deborah Lippman, mm-hmm. for my music. And then we realized about big mistake that we made in business um, five or so years into it that in much of the press that we get, they would say. Deborah Lipman at the beginning of the article, and then further on in the article, it would just say, and then Lipman says, and then Lipman says, and then Lipman says, and there was, uh, or then Deborah says, then mm-hmm. Deborah says. All right, that's it. The Articles would say, and then Deborah says, and then Deborah says, and then Deborah says. And I was like, oh, that's a big, huge PR miss. That's yeah. like, because there's no connecting the dots. And so we changed the name of the brand, which was very scary Very, very scary um, and complicated, but super, definitely the best thing we ever did, because there's no reason that I can't sing as Deborah Lippmann and be a manicurist as Deborah Lippmann. And many of my clients come to see me sing and support my music. So it's all worked hand in hand.
0: Well, we all write rules for the way we think the world is supposed to be, right? Um, Based on old garbage, right? Um, Or personal experience that, wasn't super satisfying at the time so I want to go back to this time when you're like so you're working in a salon and you have all these aha moments um these are these are big aha moments right like you're seeing the white space at retail mm-hmm. you're seeing the white space in formulation um you see the white space in education mm-hmm. right and you're you're not even really investing your life in nails you're investing your life in singing right this right. is really odd yes right? it's very odd <laughs> um so where do you think the courage came from in those moments to actually make an investment in your time and money like because that's a that's a it's a it's a big lift a lot of people have good ideas but yes. they don't act on them exactly
1: exactly um I remember the exact um there were there were two moments that happened within a week of each other one was um I was working with uh Mariah Carey at the time and she was going to be singing at the Oscars and I everybody was sending, you know, designers and jewelers and, you know, the hair and makeup were going to do something special. And I was like, what can I do that special? What can I do that special? And so I created a color for her for that night based on what she was going to be wearing. And I'd never done that before. It was just for fun, really. And um, all of her friends wanted the color. She loved it. And then she looked at me and she was like, why? You're so great with color. Why don't you do a brand? And I was like, yeah, you know... am i'm like a singer i'm a singer you know and she's like i know i know i know but like you're here every day so you're a good manicurist <laughs> and so um and then a few days after that so that hit me pretty hard i i say now that she stuck her big old high heel in my rear end and pushed me forward and she was like don't be afraid you can do both and then i was um shopping at Co bigelow a couple of um years later which now is uh, has been for a long time a place where we retail um and I was shopping at C.O. Bigelow with my, one of my best friends who I'd been, like, tossing this idea around with for, I don't know, two years or something. And she turned and looked at me and said, either do it or stop talking to me about
0: it. Oh, man. That's tough and love. that was like,
1: Okay. And that was the moment. Like, I still remember it gives me chills when I think about it. Thank you, Loretta Munoz, for doing that for me.
0: She's still a friend? She's still a friend. She's so that's like friend. her intervention was at C.O. Bigelow? <laughs> it was at C.O. Bigelow. <laughs> it was fully like, okay,
1: all right, I hear all your ideas. They're great. Either do it or, you know, get off the pot. I wonder say.
0: how long Loretta was thinking about, like, having this tough love conversation with you.
1: Oh, that is a really good question mm-hmm. that I'm going to ask her yeah, as soon as I Yeah, because I, I bet it here. was a while. I bet it was right. a while. I bet it was a while.
0: Because when you love someone and you see the opportunity in front of them, but they're not seeing it clearly, it's really frustrating, right? right. Yeah. It's really hard totally. to be um,
1: around that. Oh, that gives me a whole new perspective. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, I'd like yeah. to hear what Loretta says yes, to that question. I'm, I'm going to
1: ask her right after I'm done.
0: <laughs> okay, so, um, like, what kind of... What did it take in the beginning? Like, the, like there was no indie beauty back then, No, there, right? was,
1: there was no indie beauty. And to be honest, there was barely internet. There were barely home computers in 99. Like, I didn't have one. My brother had one. Um, And so, there was no, there was the, nobody had a website. So, I couldn't go, okay, nail polish manufacturers through the yellow pages. Looking, looking, looking. Like, no, it didn't exist. Um, Where do I get a bottle for nail polish? I have no idea. Like, I had no idea. And there was the phone book. Remember a phone book? Oh my were you alive when there were phone books? Yes. I'm not sure. Yes, I was. <laughs> so, um, that information was not there. It wasn't, like, accessible. Um, so one friend of mine um, that had, had a brand, Sue Devitt, makeup artist that I worked with on uh, photo shoots, thank you, Sue, for this, gave me the name of one packaging guy. And that one packaging guy gave me the name of 10 other people. And the, t- those 10 other people gave me the name of 10 other people. And I went through the whole process of realizing wow, just to make a bottle of nail polish, I need a bottle, I need a brush, I need a cap, I need to decide whether I'm going to put BBs in it to mix the formula, which I think is personally really important, but all those pennies start to add up. Mm -hmm. And things were like, oh, it's a quarter of a cent or, uh, you know, it's only going to be a dollar. And then you realize, oh, wow, that's adding up quite a bit. Quite a bit, so um, there was a huge, huge, huge learning curve. Thank goodness. And and my brother was genius, um, is a genius. And in 1999, we launched e-commerce. Oh man, we launched our brand, and we were e-commerce from day one. So right before Y2K,
0: (laughs) which now you know how old I am, because that was like a big deal where I was working. (laughs) I'm not telling you how old I am. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's been so many years that you've been running the business. It's still a family business. So mm-hmm. It's privately owned, mm-hmm. which is unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one of the scariest things that has happened in the business after all these years? Like something that you're like, oh, I never want to do that again. Oh my gosh, it's a
1: roller coaster of um, it's a roller coaster of things that you can't believe could possibly happen. I mean, you know, to to be frank, right now we're looking at the coronavirus mm-hmm. and thinking that a lot of what we do comes from Asia. And how are we gonna? How are? We, how can we problem solve that now? But we wouldn't have thought of that twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. We didn't thought about problem solving something like this. But we've been through um, uh, enough smaller uh, versions of this to know that we need to be try to really, really be prepared for what could happen. Because if we can't get our product, then we can't get it to our customer we had a um i mean we've had things happen that that you couldn't expect to happen um at all both both amazing and you know difficult uh, one of them that that really hits me hard is there was a uh um a tsunami mm. and our one of our labs got wiped out And um, we were trying to get, I mean, they were really, really, really behind. They weren't wiped out, but they were in trouble. Um, And we were very, very behind on production. And we had to airship our glass bottles from Asia, which was very, very pricey. Normally they come on a boat and it takes three to four months. And um, we flew them in. We were, my brother was, like, you know, waiting to see them land. They landed. They got through customs, like, watching each step of the way. They got into the truck to go up to our filler, which is in New York, so that we all we finish all the product in New York so that we can see it before we put it out. Um, and literally, the, the truck was in an accident. <gasps> the driver was fine, but the bottles were not. Oh, man. <laughs> like, you can't, like an hour away from getting to the filler. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just can't prepare for that. There's And there are just things like that. That's a big example, but we've had plenty of those big things happen that you can't prepare for.
0: So I am, um, as an entrepreneur, I feel like I'm constantly evolving as a human and work really helps me, right? Because mm-hmm. like, thankfully, family life is great and even, and I don't, I'm not met with challenges every day there. Um, but here work like every day is like something to learn sometimes in a great way sometimes in an exhausting way Mm -hmm. um and i work really hard with therapists and coaches and many other people because it takes a village yes it does to be able to like breathe through these things and realize that um it's exactly where i should be in that moment and there's a lesson that i need to learn and that like there's something great on the other end of this but it's hard
1: right It's, it's hard it's it's really really hard and breathing i would say is the number one thing you need to learn Mm -hmm. to do and that was really difficult because I'm sort of let's fix it now let's do this Mm -hmm. let's call this person let's do that and my husband is completely the opposite and my brother they are thoughtful and they take their time and they think things through there are times that my um, assertiveness gets us places and my excitement about things gets us places and there are times that it is a disservice to us. So um, it's great balance having my brother, and my husband uh, with me to go, okay, hold on. This is where we need to take a breath. And so now I actually do a lot of breath work. I really right. do a lot of breath work.
0: I've also um, practiced doing nothing, right? Like waiting, just waiting. Like, okay, I know there's a situation happening, but i I don't need to solve it in this moment because I'm like you. Like, I'd be like, okay, what's step one, step two, step three, step four, and just run. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the best, right? Waiting and watching is sometimes the option. But I have to, yeah, I have to breathe to be able to do that. You have to be able to breathe, yeah. So um, my last question to you is about entrepreneurs in general. I assume that many reach out to you for advice. Mm -hmm. Um, This industry is completely different now than it was when you started. Um, What's that one takeaway that you think is actually relevant no matter what year it is?
1: I would just say anything is possible.
0: Oh, if that's you, so if sweet. You, if
1: you believe it, you can you can do it. If you believe it, you can do it. You can find a way to make it happen. It really is. I encourage everyone to, if you have a dream, you should really um, not do what I did and, and have to have your friend finally look at you and say, you know, do it or shut up about it. Um, because, you know, if you just do it, then you'll have peace of mind. There have been, you know, really times during during our journey that we've thought, okay, if it all goes away tomorrow, we're such better people for it. We've learned so much. And yes, that would be painful, um, but we're such better people for it. So I would just say to any entrepreneurs, uh, budding entrepreneurs, just, just go for it and get that so you don't have any regrets because anything is possible.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you for sharing that wisdom and your story with us. Thank you for show. having me. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Deborah. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes, and for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.